Make Me Laugh. Welcome to Make Me Laugh, the comedy podcast driven by listener inputs. Pete Z here with you today. We're going to talk about Vanity Fair. Now, I know Vanity Fair is popular, so if you landed at this old podcast just by doing a search on Vanity Fair in your podcast app, be forewarned, this is a comedy show with irreverent topics and takes, explicit language. So take care and enjoy, but be forewarned. Now, Vanity Fair, I did a little analysis of the product earlier in the year. It turns out there are some truly vain motherfuckers out there in MML world. Who knew? I thought the world would be attracted to my DBQ score methodology, my tales of Tommy, and my pitch for everyone to join Amway, but no. Apparently, Vanity Fair is the most popular thing ever. And I thought people would jump at the chance to purchase an AI-enabled, genetically engineered unicorn. No. They just want their Vanity Fair unlimited digital access. And if you want to throw in the print edition snail mailed to the person, then even better. So this morning on my commute to the MML studios, I mounted my digitally enhanced unicorn with its luxuriant mane. And I had a copy of Vanity Fair tucked securely under my arm. Five. The fives. Now more Vanity Fair shortly, but first an unrelated five, because even more in demand than Vanity Fair is the clear signal from listeners that MML's consistent format is what they crave. You can set your watch to the MML format, but only if your watch is a $989 designer model with a sweep second hand. Now, this is the third and final in a series of fives titled Reasons Your Uncle is Furious with You, all by Michael in Yuma. Number one reason your uncle is furious with you. You dressed his dog up as a French maid and posted the pics on his Facebook account with the caption, It's a bitch to be my uncle's bitch. (laughs) Number two reason your uncle's furious. You traded in his whole supply of moonshine for a night with that whore who runs the bar at the local Red Robin. (laughs) The Red Robin bartender. That's a sad state of affairs. Third reason your uncle is furious with you. You called Verizon, impersonated him, sim-swapped his phone, and cleaned out his crypto accounts. Ouch! That hurts if the crypto accounts are still worth anything. Fourth reason your uncle's furious with you. You hired a helicopter to constantly follow him on his cross-country vacation, driving him into a state of paranoia and blind rage while you watch from the helicopter video feed from his man from from his own man cave as you eat microwave popcorn and watch Ocean's 11 for the 19th time <laughs> jesus that was a mouthful uh fifth and final reason your uncle is furious with you 
you swear under oath that he claimed he could have beaten Michael Jordan one-on-one if they both played when they were in their primes, which drives the entire courtroom into a fit of laughter, yet does little to change the verdict of guilty on three counts of impersonating a police officer, although your uncle claims it was for a charity auction. <laughs> Those last two, they they sound funny, but I couldn't follow them. So at, at the end of the day, Michael from Yuma, thank you so much for taking the time to send those in to us. Right back with more content. Mail, 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 mail. Mailbag. The beauty of mailbag is that it crosses the generational divide. I predicted this 20 plus years ago when I made the following statement to my friend Danny, and I'm directly quoting myself, Pete Z, circa 2002, when I said, email is the new letters. And by that I meant in the sense of the old books of letters that were published by writers and public figures exchanging letters over, you know, sometimes decades long periods. God knows those days are long gone. But the beauty of email is that you aren't character limited. And Danny, if you're listening, you may not recall that conversation because Danny, there are precious few things that you and I recall from those days. Here's a quick list. Danny, off the top of my head, one-armed man destroys us in a bar fight, mistaking a tapas bar for a topless bar, meeting the great Mike Ness in Seattle, mummers parades in Philadelphia, motorcycle ride, quote, let's do this in Hawaii, the famed colonel chasing us all around the Black Forest in Germany, the amazing Echo Charlie describing how he sighted Danny and haunch in North Carolina, or maybe it was Georgia, running in dress pants and polo shirts. That's just what popped into my head right now, just off the cuff, Danny. So there's been some good ones. And if I took 10 more minutes to dig through the old Pete Z email archives, I have many, many tales to share because it's all documented in the email. We can go back and relate these stories in whatever way we want. We can sanitize them. Because guess what? We did some dumb shit. I know I certainly did. But we're evolving, growing, trying to get better. And that's why I love Mailbag. It's not a five-second short clip or a blip in time or a couple hundred characters. Email is the new letters. Pete, do you have an actual mailbag email that you're going to share? Are you just going to reminisce about how you used to be able to run two miles in under 40 minutes? Yes, folks, today's email is from Juan in DeFuca. (laughs) Okay, that's a good one, Juan. Reminds me of the great Pacific Northwest, gorgeous. But enough hearkening back to the old glory days. Juan's email reads as follows. Subject, Pete... Pete Vanity Fair. Okay. Body. Pete, I've been listening to MML from the beginning. Please forgive me, but you don't sound like a stereotypical Vanity Fair reader. Whenever you talk about your coastal elite status, it seems you're just making fun of the term coastal elite. Dude, you can't have it both ways. Either you're a true coastal snob that reads Vanity Fair 
or you are, as I suspect, just another troll. Come clean, Pete. Thanks, Juan. <laughs> All right, Juan. Thanks for taking the time to write, and thanks for looking beyond the surface of MML. Most people do this, and they come up with some ridiculous notion about the show, that it's some front for some nefarious activity run by the Illuminati, or that MML is just a group of frustrated Genesis fans that survive on pro protein shakes and ego waffles. It is not that. It is a comedy show controlled by nothing other than the laws of physics. Which is saying a lot now that the entire world is controlled by algorithms that lurk behind your smartwatch, smart speaker, smart refrigerator. Go ahead. See if you have time to write up a counter to that argument. Good luck, because your smart toaster is probably screaming at you that the timer you set to remind you to DVR the Emmy Awards is going off. Sorry, I know 99% of the people that listen to MML are just here to have a good time. And I always go off on these fucking tangents, I apologize. It's called a horrible attention span. That's the world we live in. Diminishing attention, and I'm not above it. I'm just as, I'm a victim here. I'm a fucking victim now. Vanity Fair, the last time I covered this, people wrote in and said I was exaggerating about the ads. Okay, fine. This time we'll be more scientific about the analysis. I'm going to use the April 2023 Vanity Fair issue, which has Giselle, whatever her face is, on the cover. Apparently the uh, person that used to be married to the famous quarterback Tom Brady and I've spoken before about this publicly, and you guys know I like to talk about sports. But Pete, what about Vanity Fair? Okay, April 2023 Vanity Fair page-by-page -page review. Let's go. Cover page, Giselle, bathing suit. Okay, color me unimpressed. Just let me say it, it's boring. It's 2023. I need more than just a bathing suit. I need some drama, something to heighten the emotion besides some airbrushed photo of a supermodel. Page one, Louis Vuitton ad. Okay, on this page, they have a model with face paint. It's a smiley that they painted, painted around her left eye. And then on the opposite page, they show the same model's arm and it's got smiley faces painted on it. And it's holding a handbag. And there's more because guess what? There's a foldout of page one, which shows another model. This one has a royal blue dot painted on their eye. And then their arm has corresponding dots polka dotted on it. And then you see the handbag and it's, you know, a similar pattern. And at this point, I will take the face painted um, handbag models over Giselle. Page three, Omega watch ad. This is great because it, th it shows three images of the same model dressed in all black. And guess what she's wearing? A fucking watch, a different watch in each of the three images. Actually, it's just the same exact fucking watch with a different colored face. One blue, one pink, one lavender. And the Omega Watch tagline says, every shade of you. 
And the ad says the watches are (laughs) infused with confidence. You know? How How do they fucking infuse confidence into a watch? Then the ad says, whichever look you desire, there's a shade to tell your story because apparently you can get this watch in different colors. Apparently five different colors. So yeah, whatever possible look you could ever desire, uh, they can replicate it as long as it's one of these five fucking basic colors. <laughs> what an irreverent way to take on society. I was feeling a little, you know, up against it with the moguls and powerful entities in society, and they needed to be knocked down a few pegs, so I wore this purple watch today. Page five of Vanity Fair, April 2023, is Cartier necklace ad with models that are looking extremely serious. And I don't understand these smoldering pensive looks. You're modeling a fucking necklace and you're trying to have a look on your face like you're at a UN peacekeeping summit. Relax. Page seven. (laughs) Jesus. Giorgio Ormani. This is one of those images that looks like the model is some pale Eastern European person that is strung out on heroin and just happened to have their picture taken. We get it. You're vitamin D deficient, you're strung out on drugs, and obviously we, the readers, want to be just like you and buy whatever this fucking Giorgio Amani is. Page nine, Van Cleef and Arpels. It's a watch ad. This watch has diamonds, white gold and sapphires. It has a fairy in the watch face and the following numbers on the right side of the face, zero, ten, 20 up to 60 and then another 10 in the center of the watch now i had to look this up how to read this fucking stupid thing it turns out the fairy's arm moves from zero to 60 on the right and then the 10 in the center is actually the hour which increments itself um automatically so i looked this fucking watch up 200 grand (laughs) i think i think i'll stick to the clock on my phone paid 10. Finally, we get to the table of contents, and they have an image of this guy, uh, Alton Mason, on the page. Now, this is a male model, and as I mentioned previously, I'm very sensitive to discussing male models. The last time I did it, I was struck in the face and thrown through a set of double doors onto a curb. This was two bouncers that did it to me, and my good friend Haunch saw the whole thing. He said I was basically hurled through the double doors in a, in a horizontal position about four feet off the ground and landed flat on my back on the sidewalk. He said it looked like it was a scene out of a movie. So I guess that was my moment of fame. <laughs> All of it, as I stated, was, uh, this was all because of a debate about male modeling. Now, back to Vanity Fair. So this model, Alton Mason, is shown standing beside a horse. That's a common theme in Vanity Fair. And he's randomly kicking the air while watching an, while wearing an all-white outfit and matching white half boots with heels. They're like fancy little cowboy boots. 
And for some reason, when I saw this image, it made me think of the Florida governor. You know, the one that tried to fight Mickey Mouse and got his ass handed to him? Page 11, Tiffany. This ad is for the Locke Collection, which looks like a gold and uh, silver snap link that is encrusted with diamonds. It's a bracelet is what it is. I had to look it up because I was so stupid. I actually thought the Tiffany Locke Collection was actually a functioning lock of some kind. I'm not cut out for Vanity Fair. And after the first time I talked about Vanity Fair here on MML, I actually went and canceled my subscription. This was six months ago, but the magazines still keep coming. And reviewing them on MML is quite frankly the most I've ever looked at them because nobody reads these. Any, anybody, and there are very few with the required attention span to read the Vanity Fair stories, um, is probably doing something productive with their lives, like eradicating disease, addressing climate change, or trying to break chat GPT. Page 12. More table of contents. Apparently, the Giselle cover story is called um, Wild at Heart. This seems like an apt title, though I would have went with, I sat on the beach and had my picture taken after I ditched that weird quarterback guy. All right, let me speed this up. Um, no page numbers necessary. Next, purse ad, then a watch ad, then a perfume ad, a jewelry ad, another purse ad. Something about the queen wearing woven fabrics while looking at a horse. Perfume ad. Something about a model that is a chameleon because she can change her fucking clothes. Another watch ad. Uh, the market for vintage vehicles. The example given is an old VW bus that's now on sale for $200,000. Hmm, it was the same price as the watch. Can you imagine Pete Z driving a VW bus wearing a fancy watch? 400 k Totally worth it. Chat GPT and a bunch of people know exactly how this AI thing is going to go down is the next article. <laughs> Another watch ad, perfume ad, Barbie as an influencer story. Then we get to the Giselle story. Okay, we know the deal. All right, the marriage broke down because the husband is insane. Does that sound like a good time? You're super rich, but you're insane. The article opens with Giselle speaking to a bird. Asking the bird if it's okay. And then the bird takes a shit on some of her outdoor furniture. And the story's author makes a huge deal that Giselle actually cleans up the bird shit uh, herself. Wow. <laughs> and then blah, 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 blah. You know, and it made me wonder, let me just cut to the fucking chase of how this thing went down. Now, this whole thing went down because of professional football, right? And people say, well, I can't relate to professional football players because the players are so wealthy and they have such bulging muscles. And you know what? Just cool it with the sexual undertones. Think about football. You can relate to the players. You just have to picture them in an everyday setting, like Tom Brady, for example. Just imagine if he was a, like a UPS truck driver. You know, you're sitting there on your front porch and here comes the UPS truck. And this chiseled UPS truck driver comes up to your front steps. 
I'm here to deliver a large package. And you're like, oh, Tom Brady, you work for UPS now? He's like, uh, yeah, I'm quitting the uh, NFL. Uh, and then the next day, there comes Tom Brady again. You're like, hey, I I can't believe you're quitting the NFL. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, I was just messing with you. I'm, I'm going to rejoin. I'm really only doing this because of the marital issues I'm facing. You know? And if you think of it as a UPS driver, it's fucking something that would be pretty common. Can you imagine that, though? Tom Brady marries Giselle, supermodel, professional athlete, both very wealthy independently. And the whole thing still goes fucking south. You imagine the fights they had? You know? Tom would have the upper hand in the fights. And it's not just because he's a physically bigger person. She would be like, Tom, you stop playing this football. And he would be like, shut up, Giselle, you fucking uh, jizz bag. (laughs) You know, how's she going to recover from that? So anyway, the story goes on to talk more and more about the different things that happened and birds flying around and shitting on stuff. And then the fucking episode is over. And that's the Vanity Fair review, folks. That's all I can do. I know it's very disjointed and all over the place. But it is what it is. PZ sounds like. PZ sounds like coming in this time from Hal and the Botnet. That'd be a good band name, Hal. Hal and the Botnet. Number one, PZ sounds like a man that says, don't quit your day job when that fool doesn't even have a day job. (laughs) Number two, PZ sounds like a winded hockey player frantically searching the ice for his gold tooth. Wow, that's a good concept. Would it be, would a little gold tooth be shaped like a miniature Stanley Cup? PZ sounds like the man that claims the naked gun is better than the Godfather. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I wouldn't denigrate uh, the naked gun. Um, different genres. PZ sounds like a guy in the theater that talks over the movie. No, we didn't pay pay to hear your commentary. Please shut the fuck up. Oh, I've seen that person in the theater, and yes, I dislike them vehemently. PZ sounds like the man sitting in an unmarked white van on your street. In other words, a total creep. (sighs) That is creepy. Well, folks, we're 50 episodes into this thing and we're just getting started. I think we all feel much better now that we've had the mental health break afforded by MML. It really does keep me sane to release some of my angst that builds up inside the brain. You know what I mean? It gets all bottled up there from the mass media onslaught contracted attention spans and expanded waistline. So, you know, if you see someone that looks a little bit overwhelmed by the speed of the algorithms and the constant marketing, just tell them to grab a coffee or a healthy beverage of their choice and sip away with me here at MML. Thanks for joining. If you have content you'd like to hear in this space, there's only one way to reach us. Email the new letters trusty old email petezcomedy at gmail.com talk to y'all next week